Hey, thank you for listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are streamed. You can also visit PraiseChapelLasVegas.com and follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas to stay connected with PCLV. Thank you again for listening. Here comes today's message. Brandon, the song you guys played during offering. Who is that? Uh, you need to let me have that information. That song had some stuff to it, man. It really, really did. Uh, one of the things that I love about coming here, um, if you remember, Jesus told a parable about two sons, same father, but two sons. One stayed home and worked, and the other one went out and partied. The one that partied realized that his partying was not going to meet a need in his life, and he began to feel like a servant and a bum. So he said, I'm going to go back to my father's house. So he went back to get to the father's house. The other son was out working all the time, and he didn't party. He just worked and got bitter and angry. The father went to both sons, dealt with each son, but the one that was out working he went to him and he said, why don't you come to my, come into the house. Let's get into the house. So when I say house of God, what comes into your mind? Let's go to the house of God. See, what, what, what is the first thing you think of about church? Let's go to church. Before I got saved, someone said, you want to go to church? <laughs> I ain't going to church, man. That's the worst place you can go. It is bad in there. Because I was raised in church that was very boring, quiet, full of ceremony, incense, smoke, candles, Latin. I had no idea what was going on. I was raised in that, but that's not the Father's house. Because the Father's house is eating, drinking, dancing, and singing. The Father's house. See, the older brother... He heard what was happening in the father's house, and what did he hear? He heard music. He heard dancing. He heard singing. They killed the fatted calf. They were having a big barbecue. Amen. Barbecue steak. Praise God. They were eating, and they were dancing, and they were singing. That's here. That's why I like coming here. It is just always, it's always a party. It's always has this element that any moment something's going to break out. <laughs> In any moment, something's going to really happen. See, we have such a, a bad attitude that's been taught by the devil to make us convinced that the father does not like parties. He's like a librarian. You know, just be quiet. Turn off the cell phone, shut up, and sit there and just be quiet. And we think that church is just the most boringest place. That's why I wanted to go to hell. I'd always say, well, all my friends are going to be in hell, and that's where we're going to party. I mean, well... That, that is a lie of the devil, too. You don't want to go to hell. Amen. Some of us experienced hell already on earth. Amen. But God, Jesus comes, and he's the express image of the Father. He is the express image, and they accused him of being a glutton and a wine-bibber. They accused him of sitting down with sinners and eating and smiling and laughing and enjoying life. They said he could not be from God because their view of God was the one on Mount Sinai that gave you the law, and if you disobeyed, you're going to die. Now, that was true, but it wasn't the nature of God. It wasn't who he is. 
He is a God of love and of light, and he came to give us the kingdom. And did he not say, seek first the kingdom of God? Did he, did he say that? In his righteousness. In other words, Lord, I want to know your way. I want to be in your kingdom, in your world. I'm going to get out of my world and get into your world. And he said, if you do that, everything Gentile, Gentiles, those are outside of his kingdom, everything they want, food, clothes, money, life, just enjoyment, some peace of mind, everything that Gentiles are, uh, that really have no relationship with God, they're seeking today. Las Vegas is a place people come to seek. They're looking for the big break. They're looking for easy money. They're looking for the party. They're, it's, it's a city that offers that, but leaves them. There you go. Empty and broke. That's that world. Right? Amen. Our brother said it, right? He described Las Vegas. They should have big sign. Las Vegas, come here and be empty and broke. Amen. Now, don't, don't shut me down. Don't get, don't, because I've lived in that world. We've all lived in that world. How many times? Oh, if I just had that one, if I have that, man, life will be good. You got it, and what happened? You're still empty and broke. That's right. Oh, if I had that woman, man, if I had that, I'll get that woman, and you got her, and she turned into Mrs. Frankenstein and chased you all over the place. Or that guy that just was so nice and clean, smelled good, looked good, and you got him, you got him. Man, life, he's a monster from the lagoon. Something, man, I'm good night. What in the world did I do? We were offered something, but we got something in return that was bad, that was empty and broke. Jesus comes, he said, listen to me, and I'll give you life. I'll give you life. But it is not a repeat of the old life. He isn't going to fix up this, this life. He's going to burn it up and replace it with good. He replaces it with the joy. So you come to church, and you're not going to get that empty, broke religion. Amen. It's not here. I look for it. I, God will send me to places to, because he says, Son, I, you need to get these people in my house. You need to get them out of the world they're living in of religion and works and sweat and, and condemnation and guilt. You need to get them out of there and get them into my house. That takes effort. So to get you out of that old world, guilt, shame, fear, death, get you out of there into his world takes effort. And the reason is because at least in my world of empty and broke, I know what I'm getting. At least I have a form of security. At least I know what's going to happen. But man, if I step out of that world into something else, what am I going to get? Jesus said, I'll give you life and life abundant. But that scares us because we're not used to knowing what to do with it. I have grandchildren. I have a 10-year-old. He wants to drive a car now. I gave him the keys. He'll turn on that and he'll wreck it. He does not know how to handle an automobile. You and I, when we get saved, we get a taste of that new world, but we don't know how to handle it. We don't. Well, what do I do with this now? We just go out and go crazy and end up back in the old world. We have to learn. That's why I said you need to seek this. You need to seek the kingdom. Kingdom is just his world. It's his way. He is king. 
And if we listen to Him and obey Him, we will have abundant life. But we have a problem, folks. And that's what I really want to talk to you today about. This is something that's always, it amazes me as I come into churches. I, I preach in many, many different churches. I love coming here. I love your pastors and, and, and the congregation. I just love, you guys are all right. Here's the pastor. He's been to Sicily. He's been to uh, Greece. He comes and you give him more presents. You guys are over the top. Amen. Amen. That's wonderful. I love it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give them more stuff. Really. I love it when I saw, I watched them. They're, they're kind of doing the shuffle about, man, I don't know if I should take this or not. Oh, you shouldn't have, you know. Nah, come on, you guys. They want it. They want more stuff. Let's believe God. Can you believe God? Next time they leave town, when they come back, you'll give them the keys to a brand new car. Not some cologne and soap. Brand new car. Amen. Amen. I've been believing God and working my way to a place I can give house away. Give a house completely away. But you got to start with where you're at. I don't have a house to give away. What do you got? Well, I got 10 bucks. Well, give somebody 10 bucks. Start where you're at. Give a bicycle away. Amen. That bike you love, it's a piece of junk. Give it to somebody. Just start giving a little bit away. You'll work your way up. I See, folks, we think we can, we can just start at the top. You have to start where you're at and then work your way up. You be a congregation, and if you learn to give at a level, what God say? Say, look, you're giving. I will match it and give you a hundredfold. When you receive an offering, see, we receive it out of the old world. See, we, we say, well, what, what am I going to get? No, no, no. See, well, I don't have enough to give. That's old world. I don't, I don't have enough to give, man. I just got a dollar. I can't, you know, what, what am I going to do? I can't give. That's old world. That's old world thinking. Jesus brings you into his world. He says, you give first. You got something. Amen. Amen. You got something. Take a button off your shirt. Put it in the plate. Do something. Amen. Amen. And if you give first, then the Lord will give back. He flips it, see. The kingdom or his world is opposite. You want to excel? You want to be promoted? Serve somebody. Just be good to somebody. Give somebody a smile. Matter of fact, that'd be good. Just turn to somebody and give them a smile. Come on, just smile at them. Hey, man, there you go. Some of you laughing. Amen. You know, uh, I love I love where uh, I stay when Becky and I come. We go to Las Vegas. Pastor has me over at the Sam's uh, uh, Sam's town. I just like it. Cause I walk through there and people are putting money in slots and cards and all kinds of things. They look depressed. Amen. They do. I got in an elevator. It was full of people. The elevator was packed. It was just like nine, 10 people in there and it opens up and here they're all just staring at me. And I go, Hey, how's everybody? See, I've got the treasure. I've got what they're wanting. I've already got it. That's why I can go through there, smile, praise the Lord, isn't God good? And they're, they're the ones supposed to be happy. They're the come to Vegas to party. I've got the party in me. It's in here. Amen. So believe God. 
for yourself. Believe. Stretch out faith out. Amen. And how does faith come? Oh, who said that? You said, what are you? Do you want to come? This man's got the answers, man. Okay, Pat, okay, we're going <laughs> to, let me, let me read this in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 13, this is, the Lord really laid on my heart before I got here. I, I pray, I ask the Lord, well, do I just get in his presence? And I just, okay, God, and I put myself in this church already. I put myself in Vegas. I live in Flagstaff, but spiritually, I, I just, Lord, what do, what do you want to do here? What do you want to, what are you trying to communicate and move in your house at this particular time, this particular season, what are you wanting to do in the body and then individual lives? So he uh, will inspire when we say inspire, he'll begin to inspire me in the spirit, inspire in spirit, begins to kind of nudge me towards certain areas. And uh, one of the verses in Matthew chapter 13, you, uh, here's your instructions, okay? If, you, if you're going to take this serious, and now when I say serious, don't remove the joy and the celebration, because that's, that's always there. So taking serious, take chapter 13 of Matthew and really read it, all right? Really read the whole chapter, and you should read it 13 times, just that chapter, just one time after another. If you can't do it all in one sitting, then just mark down how many times you've read it. Keep Keep reading because this one chapter fits what's happening here, and it's an explanation of the kingdom of God. Jesus is beginning to explain the kingdom to those that are listening to him, those that are there. And he's speaking to two groups of people in chapter 13. In verse 1, it talks about on the same day Jesus went out of the house, sat by the sea, and a great multitude were gathered together to him, he got into a boat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables. So you have a big crowd of people. And he began to speak to them in parables or stories. And you begin to read through that whole chapter, and you'll see what he began to speak to the multitudes. But then there's another group that in verse 10, it says, The disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak in parables? To them, He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. There's two things happening. To the crowd, he's giving just stories, but to the disciple, which is a learner, he is different than the crowd. There's a crowd, you're a crowd of people. I can divide this group in two groups. One, you come just to listen, just to have a good time, celebrate, hear the songs, feel something, maybe pray a prayer or two. But then there's another group that comes to learn. See, I get in the Father's house, but I come to learn. As Americans and, and people in general, we don't really like to learn. We're glad to get out of school. Hey, I'm out. Whether you pass or you got thrown out, you're out. I don't want, I ain't going to nobody teach me anything. That then, all God can do is just tell you some stories. He can't, he cannot do anymore. 
for you that he's doing right now. This congregation, as I could say, and, and uh, listen to me, you're maxed out. You're, you're, you can't go any further. Uh, I know that doesn't feel like a party, but I have to tell you what the Lord is showing me. He says, son, I can't do any more. I'm doing all that I can. See, we think God is just uh, will do it all on his own. Oh, God, just set me free. And we expect him to come and work a magic show and take a, a rat and change it into a nice little puppy. Take, a, take a, a, a snake and turn it into something really beautiful. He, see, we expect that as a miracle. God, work a miracle. I'm sick and I'll walk out well. And at times that can happen, but that's not what he really does in his house. Yes, there's party, there's eating, there's dancing, but in the midst of that, it's to learn. Jesus says that. That's why if you read this chapter 13, you'll begin to discover, well, it would take me at least, I'd need at least four hours. And we can go through verse by verse, and I can share with you what the Lord has shown me, and then as you begin to learn, He will personally begin to instruct you. He personalizes it. Amen. I got you. You know why I have you? What, why God has you? Pastor said, keep your heart open. What, what does that mean? Superman. What, what, how do I keep my heart open? The way you keep your heart open is listening. Are you listening? Are you listening? Because listening is key for him to do more. When I say you're maxed out, you've listened, God moved according to your listening, and because you have really success in a lot, man, you've got a building full of people, joy, laughter, and food over there, and I mean fellowship, you feel the love, you, you're, you've listened to that level, but he has much more to do. And so what he has to do, what I have to do, is to really learn how to listen more. I think uh, uh, people in, in school, you go to classes, you know, and they teach you all kinds of things. They should teach a class of how to listen because we are terrible listeners. We don't listen to anything anymore. There's a level. See, we hear stuff, but we don't listen. Jesus is saying, uh, it's been given to you to know the mysteries because you are listening the others, they just close their ears and close their eyes. They just said, oh, I know everything. I just sit and you come and say, oh, I don't need to know anything. Life falling apart and, you know, you don't have a nickel in your pocket. Well, I got it out of you, You've been listening wrong. Who you been listening to? But because of my pride, I won't humble myself. Humility is not going around looking sorryful and, you know, put bad, don't just look ugly. That, that, that's not humility. Humility is listening. Husbands, do you listen to your wife? I mean, really listen. Not, you know, she's just talking and you're watching the TV or you're just waiting to respond to her. She's saying, I hear the words coming out of her mouth. And in my mind, I'm not listening. I'm preparing my speech. 
Soon as she's done, she's going to get my speech. That ain't listening. What, what a, be still. The Lord's already, see, he's already telling you this. I just go, I don't know what you're about. Hear the parable. Hear it. Well, I, I'm not going to say, well, I did hear it. No, no, no. You heard it, but there's another level. And he explains why. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, you're hearing it. Everybody here is hearing it. Right? You're hearing it. He says, anyone, praise God. I love that. Anyone. I don't have to be rich. I don't have to be famous. I don't even have to be a good boy or a bad girl or whatever. I can hear the word of the kingdom. If anyone hears it but does not understand, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away. Is the devil here? Absolutely. Because the word's preached. Anywhere the word of God is preached, you have the devil here. Amen. I want him to sit right on the front row here. Sit down, devil, and listen to the word. And what he does, his object, his strategy, as you're listening, he wants to take away understanding. Because if you just hear it and don't understand it, he'll take that word right out of you, and then you are defeated. You lose by not understanding the word. God already did this. In this service. He already did it. But did you see it? Did you catch it? Did you listen? Um, I don't know if I ever gave you back that word. I, I can't remember when Pastor was talking about a word there, Maria. I can't remember. But it was. It was probably, most likely it was so bright I couldn't even see it. Couldn't even speak it. I haven't saying that. But I'll give you a word now. You're a prophet. Or prophetess. It's there. It's so evident. You may look at yourself one way or another, and the congregation can look at you in a certain way, and you really respect them, which is great, but you need to understand who she really is. When she's up here and she starts praying, and she's saying, God's here, He's going to heal your heart, He's going to you know, heal your mind, or all the prayers that she began to pray there, that's a prophet. A prophet speaks out of the heart of God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So as a prophet begins to speak that, God wants to do something, but it requires you to believe what the prophet is saying. If it's just words, then you don't understand. And the devil is frantic. He hates a prophet. He hates a prophet because the prophet speaks the Word of God, an inspired Word of God, 
And if those that hear it will grab it and believe it, the devil's defeated. You defeat the devil not by your emotions, not by jumping up and down, not by running around the building. I'll run with you. Man, man, I'll run with you. But I know, oh, I know something. I know something. Lord, I don't need an emotional uh, jab. I need to hear you. I need you to speak to me. And when you speak to me, I will take that word and grab it and believe it and begin to have understanding. It's all there in Matthew 13. Now watch this. At the end of that chapter, verse 53, it says, When it came to pass, when Jesus had finished these parables, that he departed from them. He had come to his own country. He taught them in their synagogues. Watch out. Jesus goes to church and teaches. What's he teaching? When I read that, it's in the other gospel. I began, Lord, what did you teach you? Man, I'd like to know what you taught. Because watch what happened in the reaction to those he taught. It said, so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? They compared to his words, wisdom and works go together. That's why when you're at trial, what does the Lord say? Because you need some wisdom. You get some wisdom, it'll change your works. It'll change your life. You'll get delivered out of that mess. See, we want God just to come and give me out. Because I will do that. But hey, that, you should give us some works that God has gone out asking for wisdom. Asking for works is really necessary. I know you ask for money. And you'll give it to me. I know you ask for but don't worry about it. I ask for wisdom. So, I miss something now. So, what were you teaching, Lord? He was teaching Matthew 13. He says, you know what I was, I was teaching parables and using parables to explain the kingdom of God. And everybody in that congregation, man, they were inspired. They were, man, that, man, this guy, he's got something to say. Now watch what they did, though. They said, is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, his sisters? Are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Verse 57, so they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and in his own house. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. He could not do any more. So, God does as much as he can here. If you read Matthew 13, he talked about 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. You're a 30-fold. How do I get more? I want more of God's blessing. Amen. I want a hundredfold. Amen. If he said you can have it, I want it. hundred percent. That means it's complete. That's it, man. There, you can't get any more. You get it all. I said, okay, Lord, I want it all. So what do you have to do? You have to learn to listen. I'm talking to myself. That's why I like, I'm preaching myself. My listening is at a certain level, and to get more, I need to learn how to listen more. I need to get tuned in. God gave us a prophetic word a while back. 
And he spoke to us and said, look, I'm always talking. God is always talking, folks. Don't you dare say, oh, God, just don't speak to me. No, don't say that because that's a lie. The problem is you're on a wrong frequency. Amen. See, you got see when you say, yeah, come on. Amen. See, you heard the spirit of God touch something down in there, your heart, because you heard something. So this prophetic word, the Lord said, I'm speaking, I'm talking to you, but you are on the wrong frequency. Change channels. Get on the right frequency. So God, teach me the frequency that I need to get on. Are you ready? You want to increase your hearing? Really? You really? You, you, I could close it up right now. We'll dismiss. You, you really want to increase your hearing? You sure? How many want more, better hearing? Amen. Come on. Let, let's see. I want, I want to say, God, I need hearing aids. I need to hear better. Make that God, really, set it up. Set it up inside. He's asking. He says, what do you want? What do you want? Ask him for money. Fine. Ask him for a new car. Ask him for clothes. Ask him for anything you want to. But the real heart of the matter is God let me hear. Because if I hear what the Spirit is saying, I will overcome. God always goes to the root of the matter. Let's quit picking fruit off the tree. Let's just chop down that bad tree and put up a good tree of hearing. You want to hear her? You want to hear better? You ready? Okay. Quit talking. Hey, it's not hard, let me tell you. I know this is great wisdom coming from me. I can't hear when I'm talking. When I'm doing all the talking, I can't hear. It's so simple. The Lord told me that. He told me, and he told me through people. That's what got me. I, I'm the preacher. I know everything. I had other people, they asked me a question. They said, when you pray, do you do all the talking? And I said, what kind of question when I pray? Well, sure, I do all the talking. I'm praying, man. And they said, you need to be quiet more. Because prayer is a two-way street. And then they go another step further with me. They say, you want, you want to know why you do all the talking? Well, I'm in the middle of this. Might as well tell me. <laughs> because you still want to be in control. See, now you got to get When you go, see, we're listening now, man. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, husband, when you do all the talking, you still want to be in control. Be still. And know that I am God. Oh, Jesus. You know, that tells me. You see, it's already speaking to me. I'm not God. I'm glad, brother. If you admit that and believe that, then you will listen. I'm not God. So why am I always in control? Why do I have to get in control? If I feel I'm losing control, all kinds of fear and all kinds of anxiety hits me, and I just got to be in control. No, you don't. You can't be in control. You're not God. So be still. And I begin to tune into the right frequency. That means I got to learn to be quiet. I think in church at times we'll have quiet services. I went to a retreat, and the name of the retreat was Journey into God. I went to that retreat just because of that title, Journey into God. 
And I, when I first saw that title, I said, you've got to be kidding me. We're going to take a journey into God. Pastors went over to Sicily. They took a journey. Man, I'd like to see those pictures. Let's hear about that trip. I'd like to hear about Greece and Corinth and places Paul preached. Man, tell let me see the pictures. They went on a journey. It Christianity, folks, is a journey into God. That's what I want. Amen. God, I want to know you. God, do you mean I can know you? He says, come on. You have no problem with me. You can have a hundredfold. You can have the fullness of God. Well, Lord, then sign me up. Teach me how to do this. And he's teaching me so I can teach you. First step, be still. Quit talking. Quit fighting. Quit arguing. Quit defending yourself. Take that music and turn it off. Take those things out of your ears. Sit in a place and be absolutely quiet. No TV, nothing. And on this retreat, Journey to God, one of their exercises, we had breakfast. You couldn't talk. Sit there with 35 people, eat a meal and not talk. I had never done that before in my entire life. Amen, folks. My sister was on this retreat. The first breakfast, we did good. I did good. I just made myself. But man, it's noisy. The spoons and knives and it's a noisy place, but no one talking. Don't talk. Just eat and be be quiet. Man, that was hard. Next breakfast, we'll do it again. My problem was my sister was sitting right across from me. And I mean, I look up at her. She looks up at me and we just start laughing. We're trying to hold down. We're trying to hold down this. No, I, I couldn't do it. I, I was going to bust out laughing. I said, I, I got to go, man. Left and went outside, just started laughing. Laughing for what? I, I had no idea. Folks, it is amazing what will happen to you in silence. It is not boring. I guarantee it. You think it's just boring. Oh, no, no, no. You open up a world. You'll start hearing things that you it could either freak you out or, wow, make you laugh. I don't know why my sister was and I laughing. We were just eating, and I look up at her. She looks at me, and all of a sudden, there it is. We're gone, man. Have you ever been in a place? See, in church, we had a place. Let's all be just quiet. See, it already broke. See, he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't. <laughs> see, we need noise. We need, because we're. It, it does something. Silence. It does something. Be still. How many times? I had six kids. Becky and I had six kids. I don't know. What, could you be, just be still? Dad, she touched me. My God, she touched me. Drive. We're going to drive for 10 hours in the van. That was way before you had TV, stereo systems, and uh, home entertainment in a car. I mean, there was nothing in the car. They couldn't just... Just, I don't know how many times I would look over and just say, would you shut up? Can't you just be still? And then ask him the most ridiculous question. Do you want me to pull this car over? No, yeah, yeah, Dad, pull it over. <laughs> what? It, it, you go insane. You're trying, you're trying to control these kids. You want a whooping? Yeah, Dad, give me a good one. I never, we, we ask him all the most stupidest questions, but I couldn't get him to be still. Just please be still. Do you realize at times when the Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit? That's him. Can't you please be still? I got to tell you something that's fantastic, but you keep running your mouth. 
Get on the right frequency. So how do you have church? Why do you have song service first? What's it for? We don't know. That's the way pastor sets it up. We just supposed to sing some song. My God, if you don't sing, they throw you out. Why do they do that? Understanding, see? Why are they doing that? Why do we sing first? Why do we praise the Lord? See, some I was told one time, well, we sing so all the people that come in later are there for the offering. <laughs> Just keep them singing, brother, because I know that big giver is not here yet. So, we, we have, I mean, we're crazy, folks. We're just crazy. I go to the Lord at times. I said, Lord, why are you? And he just laughs. He busts out laughing himself. He says, you really believe that? Yes, Lord, that's where my faith is. He says, let me tell you. See, listen, we do so many things traditionally. Why do we sing at first? It, it starts getting us in the right frequency. That's what it's for. We come in here, folks, we've been on certain channels that, my Lord, we shouldn't be on at all. We're listening to, to hate. We're listening to bizarre things or, or the channel that comes from a good friend just fills our ear. How many, don't raise your hand, you know, you're on your way to church and the husband and the wife begin to fight. The kids get sick and you're on a channel of you're going to kill somebody. And we come into this church thinking God can speak all in that kind of junk and, and static. So let's sing. So we begin to sing. Oh, God, how great you are. We love you, Lord. Praise God. And so we're tuning in. Just keep singing. Keep singing. And then watch. you got the prophet comes up, and she starts prophesying prayer. Prophetic prayer begins to go out. God is trying to tune us in. Oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that? When she's talking, I'm, I got my eyes shut, and I'm really trying to listen. He's going to heal broken heart. He's going to bring peace. Put your hand over your heart. Put your hand over your heart. Peace, peace. Oh, it's here. He, she said it. She said it. Did you hear it? That he comes and he touches the water and stirs it up. The angel, hallelujah, stirs the water. The first one in gets what he stirred. What does that mean? That means the Word of God is the water, and God's Spirit stirs that Word. And if I get in it, if I jump into that Word by my faith and by my agreement, uh, I get what that Word says. I get peace. Uh, I get joy. I get health. Uh, I get deliverance because I jumped in. God doesn't splash water on here. Here. He stirs it up. Praise God because you guys sang, because you got in the frequency. The prophetess comes up and prays, and the water is stirred. Jump in. You jump in by your faith. You jump in by believing what that word, and you get a hold of it. Do I feel better? No, I may feel horrible, but I got his word. I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to have feelings. I got his word. He spoke to me. Man, I'd come here if I lived here. And I'd come not because of the music and the free food. That's just Benny's. Uh, that's just a benefit for coming. I come to learn. God, speak to me. This has an environment. I'm telling you something, folks. This is an environment. 
of joy and victory and the presence of God. And he is speaking and he is saying, I have so much more you can't even imagine. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard what I have prepared for those that love me. Hallelujah. So how do I get more? Listen. Turn off the TV. Not for five days. Try just five minutes. Don't, like I said, you know, let's run a mile. I haven't ran a block, and I, you expect me to run a mile. Run a half a block. Just, if, you, if you're not used to being still and quiet, just start a little bit. Ten minutes, half hour, half hour. No TV. No Facebook. No computer. No, no looking down and just whatever you do. None of that. Get a chair. Sit in a chair. Close your eyes and just sit there. And I know what will have, you'll have a flood of thoughts come by. Just be like it. Just let it be a river. Just let it go by. You're on the bank. Just see all that go. Well, boy, that's a bad thought. Just let it go. <laughs> just let it go by. Don't get hung up on it. Man, where did that come from? My God, I didn't, I didn't think that, did I? No, of course, the devil shoots fiery darts. Uh, he shoots things into your mind because he wants to captivate you. He wants you to get thinking on one thought. Your dad, 50 years ago, said you're a bum. You jumped on that inner tube. And you've been riding that for years. I'm a bum, I'm a bum, I'm a bum, I'm a bum. Close your eyes. You're a bum. Your dad, you even hear his voice. You didn't even smell him. You're a bum. I have nuns that I see them float by every once in a while. You're not like your sister. <laughs> See that? So I've learned there. I'm quiet, and I'll just let her flow by. Let, 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 let that thing go by. Man, she's ugly. Just don't even. <laughs> just let it flow by. Amen. Your mind is a spirit. It's a spirit. He says, let your mind, the spirit of your mind be renewed. Okay, Lord, how do we do that? Okay, first of all, you got to sit down and be quiet. Close your eyes and put your mind on me. Okay, Jesus, 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 Jesus. There, there you are, Jesus, Jesus. Hey, oh, there's that nun. Oh, there's my ex-wife. My God, she, oh, God. There's my rebellious son, my daughter, my God. All of that stuff. See, it's work. It's a lot of work. But if you hang in there, that's why you come to church. You didn't even have to do anything, did you? I'm doing all the work. I, you know how long it took me to read Matthew 13? I mean, I had to go over that over and over and over and over again. And I said, Lord, really? You can't do any more mighty works? That's it? You can only one, one uh, uh, gospel said that he healed a few sick folk. Got a headache or two healed. And I wonder, I said, God, where's all the miracles? And he, uh, he responds. He says, where's all the listening? You know, God wants to heal cancer. You know how he does it? Let me, let me, if, if you have cancer today, God will heal that. He'll heal cancer. He's the healer of cancer. And this letter that Paul wrote 
in 2 Timothy. This is a this whole passage is for you, but he took out of this second because I've really been praying about people. I have a a, a brother, brother in law actually has cancer. And he's really not he he's really fighting to be a Christian. He he's more like a Christian than I know of Christians, but he still fights. I can't, I can't, I can't. No, not me. And God's so dealing with him, but he, he came down with cancer, and, he's, he, and, and we say we fight cancer, and we go to the doctor, and you do the treatments. It's fine. Don't, don't think God has to get rid of doctors to do what he wants to do. I pray for doctors. I, I have a relative that's a surgeon. I, I pray for them. Anybody that wants to alleviate pain and sickness, oh, God, help them. God, give them wisdom. God, help them. But see, Jesus gives us understanding. Well, where did that cancer come from? What is cancer? It's like a death. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's where my body turns on itself, begins to eat me up. And listen to this passage in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. And we're going to close, folks. We'll get, we'll get out of here. Verse 14, remind them of these things. I'm reminding you. Charge them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit. If you're fighting at home, words, just arguing, you stop that. In the name of Jesus, cease that. That's ridiculous. You don't need to fight. The only reason you fight, you want to be in control. Be still. And go to God. And in that, you can say, God, I'm just mad at my spouse. I want to kill her. I want to kill him. God, I just give me a new one. And, and, and pour out your complaint to the Lord. And he'll begin to pour his love into your heart. And then you'll begin to be able to speak love and have peace. He says, charge them. That's a charge. That's a, he's, it's a stressful thing because we don't realize when I fight at home, I'm stopping the very promises of God coming to pass in my life. Why can't God do more? Because you fight. Stop fighting. They don't have any profit to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent. Come on. Be Pay attention. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker. See, we don't like that word. I don't like that word. Worker? What do I work? Who does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. I get, I get in his book. I divide it rightly. I don't look for, uh, uh, you know, error. I don't look for any kind of uh, uh, problem. I let the book read me. I, I get in it. I said, Lord, okay, you can't do any more work in my life. Why not? Teach me. It's in the book. Everything I need is in his word. It goes on. He says to do that. Shun profane and idle babblings. They'll increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. And that grabbed me. I said, Lord, are you saying that cancer can come to a person because they're hearing words and receiving those words and arguing and fighting and causing that strife to come into your life that it actually can affect my physical body and it's called cancer? Yes. Yes. It goes on. He said they've strayed concerning the truth, saying resurrection has already passed and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having the seal. The Lord knows who are his. 
Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Iniquity is not uh, some kind of action. It's, it's more iniquity is that I'm going to do what I want to do, and God doesn't. He, it's going my way. It's a, it's a crooked way. It, it leads to the cancer. It leads to death. It leads to despair. Lord, now I'm a learner. I want you to speak to me. You speak to me, and you speak to me, and I'll take that word, and I'll hold on. Believe that word. He, he goes on in this passage, this whole passage. Watch this. Because remember, in, back in Matthew where they couldn't, the Lord couldn't do many mighty works, and they were offended at him. And Jesus responded, he says, a prophet has no honor in his hometown. That's why you have to be careful with your prophets because this is home. This is so familiar. Don't look at, you know, the prophet. Don't look at Maria and say, oh, that's just Maria. That's just pastor's wife. Yes, she, that's Maria. Yes, that is a pastor's wife, but she's more than that. So I honor, I put value. It's key. It's, it's absolute key to what God wants. He has to do more. Pastor, when they come out and he preaches, he labors over the word. He speaks the word of God to you. And many times, and I'm not at preaching. At, I understand. I've been to thousands of church services, hundreds of thousands. I've been saved over 40 years. You know how many preaching? I'm tired of myself preaching myself. But I, I shake myself and I come and I come to learn. And so Maria starts talking about that peace. Put your hand over your heart. I say, yes, yes, it's here. The water stirred. I put my hand over the heart, and all of a sudden, peace begins to come. That peace will cure disease, dis-ease, D-I-S, dash, ease. I have no ease. I have no peace, dis-ease. It'll take that cancer and just burn it out of my life. Peace. Speak peace. Jesus told the disciples, speak peace. Let your peace come upon them. That peace of God will be healing in my body, in my mind, in my soul. He says, the Lord knows those who are His. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. In a great house, they're not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. In the same house, honor, dishonor. Dishonor are those that refuse to listen. They don't honor the speaker. They don't honor the words coming. They just look at the speaker and think, wow, the speaker, he's, look at him. He, who, why should I listen to him? Look at the clothes he wears. You know, look how he combs his hair. So what? Come up here and, sh and just cut off some of the T-shirt, but give me the word of God, because I'm not here doing a, you know, uh, analyzing the, the structure of anything. I want the word of God. And if the Word of God can come through the mouth of anybody He chooses and sets here to be that pastor, that prophet, then I come and I honor them. And He says, then you're a vessel of honor. If you're not a vessel of honor, then purge yourself. How do you purge yourself? Well, I put my pride down. I'm not God. I don't know everything. Teach me, Lord. Teach me. Let the preacher teach me. Please teach me. Let me hear what God has to say. And all of a sudden, you begin to be that vessel of honor. He goes on and he says, to flee youthful lust, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those to call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Avoid foolish, ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance, 
so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. We come into the captivity of the devil, his snare, because I listen to him. I listen to that nun floating by. I, I listen to the news on TV. I monitor everything. I stream everything through the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about this situation? What does God say? And I can't do that unless I put my nose in the book, unless I come to church to hear, come to learn. I'm a disciple. I'm a learner. Teach me, Lord, teach me. And you set yourself up like that, folks. You get on that frequency, and you'll begin to hear God. So clear, you'll begin to hear Him. And Pastor, I want you to know that both you and Maria, you're in a place of great level of hearing. You're going to begin. He's, it's like he's healing hearing, and I rebuke the spirit of deafness. I, just re I rebuke that spirit over this entire congregation, that spirit of deafness. And I command our ears to be opened, our spiritual ears, even natural ears, to be opened that we may hear. You'll be able to hear the voice of God. His voice will not be a small, still voice. It'll be that trumpet. When John on the Isle of Patmos heard the voice of God, he said it sounded like a trumpet. It grabbed his attention. See, folks, that happened as I was preaching. There were certain things I said when you went, ooh, or ah, his voice came across like a trumpet. It grabbed your attention. And because of that hearing, because there's so many voices, it's so, it's, it's just like, gnats, flies, there's so many voices in this city, and it just runs across this city, and it brings great confusion to people, and God will draw people into this assembly, and as you get up and preach, or you begin to get up and prophesy, or pray, or sing, that word of God will begin to clear the air. When you get up, you understand, when you get up and you begin to preach that word, that word of God is going to go forth, and those that will hear it, and believe it. Hear it and believe it. God will do greater works. The level of revelation that you have is going to increase. And what it requires of you is the time before Him. A little more time. A little more sitting before Him. And as you do that, it's a, it's a certain discipline. It's not just praying all the time, but it's more listening. I wait upon the Lord. I wait upon him. He'll begin to take the word of God and you'll begin to read this and see this in a great different way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, brother, I want to pray for you. What your name is? Jared? Jared.